you are a grown human being. But just look at yourself. Look what you've become. You're addicted. It started when you were young. Just a little bit here and there. And over time, you can't get enough of video games. Welcome to One More Game. They keep making them, and we keep playing them. And everyone around us will keep nagging. Boy, you guys sure do complain a lot. If it's video game news, reviews, and commentary, we're talking about it. So when your life doesn't allow you to spend time playing games, we've got you covered. This is the One More Game Podcast. And now your hosts, The Stroke and Swift Mita. I turned myself into a pickle, Swift. Boom, big reveal. I'm a pickle. What do you think about that, Stroke? I turned myself into a pickle. I'm Pickle Matt. Good evening, One More Gamers to One More Game Podcast, episode 53 on the 13th of September, 2023. I am your host, The Stroke, and I'm here with Swift Mida. Swift, what's up? What's up? And I'm Pickle Matt. What's up? I'm back. He's back, baby. And uh, we are One More Game Podcast, and we talk video games, the video game industry, news, reviews, games we're playing, anything under the sun when it comes to video games. And today we're going to break the fourth wall and talk about the video game media. Uh, Should be fun. We're coming at you uh, early tonight, not our normal Thursday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time, uh, because I got to go on a little trip. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this thing live. We got all three of us here, and we're excited about it. What's going on with you guys? Anything uh, exceptional? I flew my last um, F sixteen IP ride yesterday. A little high aspect BFM. Now all I got left is a direct support line and a finny. Nice. Ooh, what's the game plan for the finny? No idea yet. It's in okay. two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So Swift is almost done in the F-16, moving on to bigger and better, well, bigger things. Bigger, for sure. She's a big girl. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you pick them out. How goes it in te- Tejas? Uh, it's finally cooling down. It's not in the 110s every day, so that's kind of cool. Um, and then bedtime's changing a little bit for our toddler, so boys... I think I'm going to be gaming a little bit more. We've gotten nice. I've gotten some uh, Apex Legends in with you the last couple weeks, so uh, things are on the up and up. It's happening, and of Love course, I, as soon as that starts happening, I start doing crack cocaine and pick up Apex Legends. <laughs> uh, I'm comparing the game to the drug. Not yeah, nobody, nobody said right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is comparable to crack cocaine, which we'll talk about here in a few when we get into what we played. But uh, let's get into the news for this week. All right, guys. I heard a cool little rumor that I think we should talk about because I think this could be a cool uh, milestone for the world. But uh according to some sources, there was a drunken Nintendo employee walking around Gamescom games con uh, a couple weeks ago uh spouting off information about what they're working on when it comes to uh the rumored next gen console for them the switch 2 is what he was calling it uh but uh things that he had 
mentioned or people had gotten out of him. Now take this with a grain of salt because this is all rumor mill. Uh, an included camera with augmented reality slash VR possibilities. A smaller cartridge, backwards compatibility, and updated graphical capabilities. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this? I know uh, people tend to run their mouths when they're drunk, uh, and as you guys have seen with me. But uh, what do you think? That's. I feel like that's just what we need for the new Switch. It's a smaller cartridge. Those things aren't nearly yeah. small enough. <laughs> like what? That was my first reaction. What are what they going to be? Talking about <laughs> micro SD There's cards. So many swallowed cartridges. By it's like children. the game. The GameCube all over with a disc. Have you guys heard the rumor that Switch cartridges taste bad to, so that kids don't swallow them? Well, I have not heard that rumor. Doesn't stop me. <laughs> uh, cool. The The big thing that caught me, which I wouldn't be surprised to see Nintendo push this envelope because they've always been forward thinking when it comes to like buying weird gimmicky stuff out. But VR... All right, so go with me here. Back in the day, Nintendo 64 comes out, right? 3D games before Mario 64 were ass. Like, straight trash. They look like polygon junk. You're talking like uh, Doom, the original Doom? Yeah, Doom. You had Doom, but it looked terrible, right? Um, We're talking like flat polygons. And then Mario 64 comes out, and it's a masterpiece. And they're, that's their way of telling us, hey, video games are going to move into a, a 3D world and you're going to like this shit, I promise. It's 3D v- now. VR has kind of struggled to catch on as like the mainstream thing, I think. it's It has this niche, but if there's a company to make that like mainstream, I think Nintendo's the one that would do it. What do you guys think? I don't know. We've talked about it a lot. VR is tough. It's tough to adopt because... You close yourself off to the rest of the world. It's a very um, solo experience right now. So maybe they're working on changing that. And it's also a very physiologically different experience in that it's demanding and a lot of people get motion sick the way it is now. But like you said, I wouldn't put it past Nintendo to figure it out to make it mainstream. I just don't know how you do that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't see it becoming necessarily. I, I mean, I don't know. Just because I, just I don't VR. necessarily enjoy it doesn't mean it won't they won't but hit a home run with it. So pick them out. You have the Quest, right? The whatever they're calling yes. it, Quest Two and PS and PSVR Two. What do you think is the main like thing that sucks the most about it? Not like motion sickness, but like the games themselves. Like what is lacking? Lacking in the games is uh, the. You're, the experience is just a lot of games are built around an experience so like the horizon call of the mountain is not combat like you would imagine in or like you play in the game it's not intense it's not dynamic it's you go into one area and you're in a combat experience for a little bit and then you're done once you beat that that thing and i i've seen that in a lot of games before and it also I don't know, you said not physiologically, but I kind of get tired of wearing the headset, especially in that game after a while. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Even Half-Life Alex, the best game I've played, it has its segments where you're in combat and that's like its own little experience and then you're in your own little parts where it's kind of explore, look around at things, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
I would say one of the biggest problems has been, especially with the meta, like, game library. There's no, like, first person, or not first person, like, first party home run titles, right? There's no intellectual properties that are like, holy crap, we have to play this because it's, and I'm just imagining, like, a a VR Zelda or a, a VR, if they figure out how to make a VR Mario, like, that is yeah. what draws people to something like that. So that'd be really cool to see. But all rumor. I could see them going full in with the AR, though, because they've already done that with uh, the Mario Racing game and a couple other things. Yeah. Uh, I could see them yep. doing really well with that. I'm just Who thinking knows? about a VR Mario Kart. Like, dude. Yes. Please. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Give me that, that would for be cool. sure. Cool, cool. Grand All right, Turismo well. has really good reviews in PSVR too. I just can't get into that. Well, I imagine this dude's fired at this point, but uh, we'll see if <laughs> any of it comes to fruition. No, nah, he wasn't actually drunk. He was a he was a paid advertisement. Yeah, it's all just, just uh, right. it's all a red hair, yeah, right? <laughs> nice, uh, Swift. What have you heard about uh, Mortal Kombat One? Yeah, I'd, I don't know. I didn't find too much news this week. Uh, but Mortal Kombat 1, we'll talk about it in, I'll just say it now, Games Radar. It comes out on the 19th for PS or PC, PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, and Switch. Uh, supposedly the most gruesome game that they have made, uh, which is saying something for a Mortal Kombat game. Um, so you're either probably going to be a fan or you're not going to like it uh, for that sake itself. Um, but it said, I read an article today that said it's only going to take about five to six hours to beat the campaign, which they're spelling with a K, because why not? Because it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's you know? Mortal yeah. Kombat with a K. Um, but that's normal difficulty. There's, they said, yeah, you could probably beat it a little quicker if you want to speed run it, or if you're really bad at this game or new to it, you know, it might take seven hours, but not a huge time investment to beat the campaign. And then there's other game modes that are available to you. Um, and you don't have to beat the, the campaign to necessarily play those game modes, but uh, should be interesting to see the reviews that come out as far as whether people like it. I think the last fighting game I played was like Tekken 7 on PS2 or something. <laughs> I don't know. Soul Calibur, baby. Yeah. Is Smash Brothers a fighting game? I can say that one. I guess technically. Uh, yeah, when you mentioned the uh, most gruesome game they've ever made, I was just looking at screenshots, and there's a picture of a dude having a baby dragon hatch out of his stomach and then eat him, e- eat oh, his face, yeah. and there all the go. blood and viscera is shown. Pretty, pretty uh, gruesome. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about it in uh, future episodes, but uh, yeah... I'm thinking about playing a seven-hour campaign in a fighting game and wanting to punch myself in the square in the face before I do that. But. Yeah, it sounds pretty <laughs> boring slash repetitive. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I did read this article that you brought up. There is an interesting article about the development of Super Mario Brothers. Wonder. Uh, they've kind of started to go in a different direction. The The reviews I've heard from the people that get to play it at PAX and... Uh, GamesCon have said that the main thing coming out of it is that it's weird and different and it feels a lot different than other Mario games, uh, which kind of goes to show that they're leaning in a little bit of different direction. Um, But some of the stuff they talked about is that it's packed with secrets and mystery and uh, there's a lot of freedom of choice, whereas previous 2D Mario games, obviously very linear, start at the beginning, go to the end, there's a timer. 
Well, there's no timers on these levels, um, so kind of breaking some of those tropes of old-school 2D Mario games with at least, at least one wonder on each level. Uh, and then there's these badges. So I was reading a little bit about these badges in the game, and you can activate them per level. Who froze? Oh, oh you, did. you froze for a second. We stopped, stopped hearing you. Oh, All right, you're no. back. Uh, well, anyways, I'll keep going. Uh, Nana F16, Senate. welcome to the chat. I'm glad to have you back. Uh, but yeah, there's badges and you can add them to the level and it'll do things like give you a grappling hook, which I remember when I said 2023 was going to be the year of grappling hooks in video games. Even Mario <laughs> is getting a grappling hook. Yeah. Um, Dude, I, I think the, the no timers on the levels, there was a specific part of the article where they were like, that's mostly because of the freedom of choice. And he's back. And we're back with he's no camera back. for some reason. No camera. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I sure can. Okay. My, yeah, I don't know what. Actually, uh, this is an upgrade. I can't see you now. Hey, <laughs> got him. Uh, cool. What was the last thing we talked about? Super Mario Wonder. Yeah, we were just talking about, uh, I kind of expanded on the badge system, being able to add like Peach's uh, floating ability to your favorite character rather than just having to play her. Yeah, um, and then the exploration because of the no timer makes it more uh, straightforward to kind of find and search out those secrets and whatnot, which is kind of cool. Yeah, should be a fun game, dude. I'm looking forward to playing this thing. The one thing I did think was weird was that you know how in New Super Mario Brothers you're constantly like jumping off of people's heads and throwing them off the map and that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's no there's no collision between players in this game, so. There will be none of that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I've read also that that's why they kind of added the elephant skin. They were like, we weren't necessarily going for any sort of animals, but it just makes you bigger so you can stomp the ground and get coins and, you know, reach higher containers to get whatever. Nice. Yeah, I read also in that article that the elephant skin was almost disapproved by Shigeru Miyamoto because he was like, this doesn't look like a Mario character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to checking that one out. Same. Uh, on to one of my favorite games, and one of the reasons I love this game so much. So some Destiny 2 players are using an old exotic called the Hierarchy of Needs to uh, easily clear Grandmaster Nightfalls uh, with a Solar Warlock build using the uh, Phoenix Protocol chest armor. One of the things I love about Destiny is that they have all these exotics in there that they like... They may not be broken when they first come out, but as the game changes and updates, they have un unintended consequences. Yeah. Yeah. One of those being Telesto, which is a uh, fusion rifle, which would just every so often just break the game, and Destiny even makes jokes about it, or Bungie does, but uh, there you have it. If you uh, want to clear Grandmaster Nightfall solo, get that Phoenix Protocol chest armor and look up the solo Solar Warlock b build. Oh, my God. That sentence was the nerdiest sentence I've heard in a long time. <laughs> uh, All right, guys, are you playing Diablo 4? Haven't played it in a while. Yeah, what happened to this game? It took the world by hellfire, and then all of a sudden, uh, everyone stopped playing. Well, Starfield came out, a couple other things probably. Baldur's Gate killed Diablo. 
Baldur's Gate. Apex Legends came out. Oh, wait. (laughs) Yeah. Four years later. Well, I don't know what the fix is. I think my biggest kind of complaints that I've heard is that once you're done, there's no real compelling reason to keep playing. Unlike, which I don't know how is any different than Diablo 3, which still has people playing. Yeah, I was going to say, I I wasn't a Diablo 2 or 3 guy, so I wouldn't know, but it sounds like it was Diablo 3 anyway, so I don't know. Let me get easy to ask easy about it, how it's so much different. Yeah. Yeah, to me, everything kind of felt the same. Like the, all the acts didn't feel very much different from each other. Unlike Diablo 3, like the worlds are very much different or the acts are very much different beasts yeah also very weird that diablo is not in the game so i didn't actually finish the story i I thought he might show up but interesting i didn't i I never hit hit like level 100 so and i haven't done all the dungeons so but i yeah i certainly haven't seen him yeah can confirm not in the game they should just name it lilith one right and call it whatever yeah, I've got a I've got a piece of news, boys. Okay. Did you guys see the the news about Unity, the engine? No. So they they've been going through some controversial changes, and apparently Unity is going to charge a runtime fee where every time someone downloads a game that was developed on the Unity engine, Unity will get a cut, or the company that makes Unity. I guess. Uh, and they're calling it runtime fee, and that's supposed to take effect on January first, two thousand twenty-four. And there's developers that are saying that they're not going to use Unity anymore because of it. And the developer of Cult of the Lamb said they're even deleting their game off every every store on January first. Wow. Wow. Okay, I need to get that game before they delete it. That seems yeah. silly to I'll charge you a runtime fee. Bucks. So. Back, Swift, you and I, I think, covered this a while back. Maybe Pickle Matt, you were here already, but the Unity CEO or whatever company owns them had another controversial statement where he basically called developers who didn't want to monetize their games idiots. Jeez. It's like... Nailed it. So this, to me, is like the last nail in the coffin. One, Unreal, coming from someone who's used both pieces of software and tr- and tried to learn game development from on both unreal is much more user friendly than unity i think yeah and, and just w- two oh. makes way better games to be clear it, it only is triggered once you get to 200,000 copies sold so it's not going to like kill small small developers but it it would really suck if you're a small developer and you know, you suddenly your game takes off and, and all of a sudden you're being charged fees for growing more, you know what I mean? Yeah. But first world problems. Yeah, we'll see. I think they'll probably get enough backlash that they'll uh have to reverse yeah, that one, but kind of <laughs> yeah. Pull back on that rain. All right, well, that is the news for the week. Boys, let's jump into the game's radar real quick. All right, this one, 
I guess we're going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> coming out on uh, the 15th of the month is Baby Shark Sing and Swim Party Game. Shing. There you I go. I don't know why I said that. but Yeah. Because <laughs> the only thing that's positive note on this is that it's rated Peggy 3 and up. So my three-year-old can play this. Sure. Um, but if you want to check out this awesome uh, sing-along rhythm and dance game from the company that uh, made the most annoyingly addictive song of all time, there you have it. This is your opportunity. Man. And it just looks... Oh, it's like Guitar Hero with baby sharks. Oh, I might play this. It's just <laughs> cocaine for kids. That's what that is. Yeah. Bright colors, moving objects. It's trash. All right. Also, Mortal Kombat comes out on the 19th for PC, PS5, Series X, and the Switch. I'll show you some of these gruesome photos. Here's the dragon coming out of this dude's gut and then eating his face. All right. Very cool. There you have it. <laughs> Doesn't look like a fighting scene at all. This looks like a must be a cutscene. It's got to uh, be the finisher, right? Yeah, maybe. Fatality. Yeah, I haven't played a Mortal Kombat game in a long, long time. But it looks good. Like, graphically. Johnny Cage, baby. All right, Swift. I know you guys loved You Suck at Parking. What's the good news about this game? Yeah, just real quick, if you haven't gotten to play it, uh, I really I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, but it comes to PS4 and Switch on the 19th if you uh, want to try it and only have a Switch. Now you, now's your chance. Nice, nice. That one would be exciting. Uh, Witchfire coming out on the 20th of the month for PC only is a uh, dark fantasy first-person shooter from the same guys that made uh, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. And it just looks like a kind of interesting dark fantasy shooter, not necessarily like modern guns, but... Uh, yeah, that's that was my thing. I watched the trailer and I was like, all right, so you're fighting monsters with Civil War-era guns? Graphics look really good. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool. Yeah, it's very trippy-looking. Uh, but check that out. That one might be a good one to just kind of see how it is. Hmm. Witch fire. Uh, what about Days of Doom? Uh, so Days of Doom, it's got a similar feel as far as not necessarily gameplay. I only watched the gameplay trailer. It looks like a turn-based kind of strategy type game but it also has the feel of kind of like Hades where every time you die you come back more powerful um, and you just kind of have to traverse this world and find the sanctuary um, and get through zombies and and whatnot um, and you can build you know you start off pretty weak probably can't make it very far and then uh, you can either build up your character or you can also um, the other option or another option is to um, build up like a team of characters that will help you so that at least one person survives each encounter. Yeah, it looks like a tactics-based uh, RPG-style game, but it's a roguelite. Yep. 
Days of Doom. Check that thing out on the 21st on everything. Uh, Pickle Matt, did you ever end up picking up uh, Spice Wars? Dunes? Yeah, Dune Spice Wars. I I bought it in early access about a year ago. And uh, it's a real-time strategy uh, based on the Dune world. It's not a tie-in to the movie or book. It's just kind of using the same universe there. Um, but when I played it in early access, it was really polished and uh, pretty fun if you're into real-time strategy, and especially if you like the Dune universe. I was reading what they upgraded since the um, early 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 access and like kind of the things that they've added since I played, and it looks like they're adding quite a bit of content and kind of uh, you know. Um, you know, polishing up all the all the mechanics of the game. So I would I would bet that this would be a good purchase for you. You can get it on sale, I think, still today, and then it goes up in price by five or ten dollars tomorrow. Oh, nice. Did uh, were there giant worms? I want to see one of the giant worms. There were there were giant worms. Yeah. Nice. They'll get your uh, spice harvesters if you're not careful. All right, you heard it. Pro tip from one more game. Uh, do you have the option of just getting cracked out on spice and failing at everything? Um, no. Well, I mean, you could just mine spice, but you probably, yeah, I guess you could, I guess you can do that. Yeah, sure. Never, never use your own product. No. What I've heard. That's for the smugglers, if you've read the book. <laughs> okay. All right, Swift, tell me about, uh, <laughs> this obscure game of the week one of yeah one of the weirdest games i've seen in the in recent history uh, it's called super adventure hand it's available on the 21st of september um the, the gameplay starts where you get attacked you're just a hand with an arm and you're kind of walking through the woods and then you get attacked by feet uh, and they take your arm so you just turn out to be a hand those and damn feet yeah, and so it's kind of creepy. All the climbing and everything, all the fingers are working independently and just moving super weird. Um, what the? I don't know. It looks, looks kind of <laughs> interesting, really creepy for whatever reason. My daddy um, hated feet. His daddy hated feet. And his daddy hated feet. <laughs> this is trippy looking, dude. Yeah. Someone is really just... interesting. Someone has a hand foot fetish and then made a game. Yeah. I, don't All right. I think they took the Adams Family character and they were just like, I think we could make a game out what of if, this. Yeah, what if we made a game? Super Adventure Hand, available on the 21st. Go check it out. There you have it. That's one more game's game radar for the week. Some uh, some nice picks in there. Uh, so go check them out. Or you have another option. If there's another game that you're excited about, you can reach out to us at OMG underscore podcast GG on Twitter or Instagram or even Facebook and uh, send us that game and we'll check it out. We'll give you a review and let you know how it is. Or you can send us an email at OMG podcast GG at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Ask us a question. Give us an idea for an episode. We'd love to uh, incorporate your guys' ideas into the show. You can also join our Discord, and uh, Pickle Matt's going to send that one more game Discord, and uh, and I'll provide the link for that in the description for the podcast as well. Just a community of gamers looking to get out there and play some video games together. 
and uh, it was a good time. You can also find a channel in there called Sweet Pickles, where yours or your favorite uh, pickle named gamer out there, Pickle Matt, provides you with some sweet deals uh, on uh, g- you know game discounts, video game hardware accessories, that kind of stuff. He's always I call keeping them sweet up. Sweet deals. He calls them sweet pickles. Sweet uh, deals. Oh, sweet deals. <laughs> What's the deal? Uh, and there's always some good deals in there, so go check them out. I mean, good deals. You can also uh, find codes in there for our sponsors over at swiftenergy.gg, where you can use the code OMGPOD15 for 15% off your order for some uh, pretty sweet uh, gamer energy, which I use every day. Uh, as well as that same code, OMGPOD15. You can use that over at ViralTech.com and get yourself uh, 15% off the PC of your dreams. Speaking of which, boys, we've got a couple weeks left. I'm not even going to show it because my camera's not working for whatever reason, but uh, we're giving away this ViralTech one more game-inspired PC here in a few weeks, so get yourself entered by liking our social medias, sharing with three friends, and leaving us an Apple Podcast review couple weeks away, one lucky winner is going to walk away with a brand new entry-level uh, viral tech custom PC from uh, One More Game. Go check it out. Pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. You can't win, Swift. Neither can you, Pickle Matt. Well, we'll see. Mm, I've got alternate accounts. <laughs> Everyone will be verified. You have to get the check mark on the... I can't even call it Twitter anymore. Oh, I've been saying Twitter. Next. It's not even called Twitter. He's got a weird infatuation with that letter. Yeah, I think he admitted that himself. Oh, okay. All right, guys. guys. Speaking of, I I gotta I gotta bring this up. Did you watch the Apple keynote? I did not. Anything of anything to note? No, no one cares. But the the one thing that they did was uh, in their watch. Now you'll be able to double tap your fingers together, your pinky and your thumb, and it will do actions on your watch. We are oh, that's cool. Nearly, we are nearly in the future. Very. Close. We'll be Minority Report soon. That's interesting. I know you'll be you'll be, you'll just see people walking around like this, like crab claws, tapping <laughs> their fingers together. They did announce the iPod or iPhone 15, right? Yeah, with the USB-C. USB-C charger, and apparently, I saw that it's one gram lighter than the iPhone 14. Wow. Oh, geez. Instead of 175 grams, it's 174. I'm getting one. Yep. You I have get to it. get one now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I must upgrade. Universal chargers. We got... We're we're almost in the future. What a place. What a time to be alive. Gotta love it. What are the, some of the things you can do with that little tappy tap? I think what they said is it functions as the primary button on the... On the, on the oh okay. What what you would normally click with like the crown or something? I don't know. I don't. I didn't pay too close of attention, but um, yeah, I did think it was cool because like you're listening to the One More Game podcast. They keep nagging, we keep playing. Now back to your hosts, The Stroke and Swift Mita. I'm Pickle Man. You can't see, but I'm doing it too. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into a little topic talking about our brethren 
in the video game media major topic of the week. Those are some weird sound effects, but let's do it. All right. So what are your guys' thoughts on the video game media overall? Is it as bad as the talking heads on Fox and CNN, or is it worse? I'd say it's as bad. Uh, I think if you power through, I think if you understand what you're getting when you consume the content, then you can pretty much filter out what you need to. Um, aggregate review sites are nice. Um, and then I don't trust a single streamer because I assume that they're all getting paid to do yeah, what, or do or say what they're, what they're doing. That's my biggest a, thing these days. There's a reason that when a new game comes out, you can't get early access through steam or whatever, because they're giving it to all the big streamers so that they can promote it on their stream. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's doing it for the money and the likes which is equaling money. So let's break it down. We'll break it down into some different categories. So let's talk about what what most would be considered the most legitimate way to get your reviews and stuff and news from games. Uh, your paid reviews sites. So we're talking IGN. Uh, what are some other ones? Uh, Game, GameSpot. GameSpot, yeah. Orbs yeah. even has their gaming section. Game Rant. Game Rant. Uh, one that I use for news sometimes. So these are your, you know, paid video game journalists who make a living by playing, writing reviews within a matter of days or even hours sometimes on new game releases. Um, and that's what we're talking about here. So I, I will admit we get a lot of our headlines from these websites when we talk about this type of stuff. Um, but as with any journalism, you do have to kind of suss out what's, what's there, what's opinion, what's, what's fact. And what do you guys think? Do you guys lean anywhere specific when it comes to checking out your gaming news? Mm, I try to avoid anything that has the console associated with it. So like a PlayStation, like a PlayStation and the title. Cause I just think they will be a little bit biased depending on the console. But I, I do think that the major review sites are a little bit better than like a, a movie review because the movie critics are just insufferable human yeah. beings. Um, but I, I have mean, run still... in. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, it's okay. Well, I was just going to say that there's like still disclaimers on controversies and they say that they're going to be. Uh, neutral about it but then you're like well you wouldn't be putting this disclaimer on the harry potter game if you weren't going to be at least somewhat swayed by it you know yeah i agree yeah. i've i've run into the odd journalism site game review here and there that's very politically charged and that kind of stuff this is where you're more likely to find people who are forcing, trying to force video games to be a little bit more than they should be. And along the same lines of movie critics, right? It's not nearly as bad as they are in the movies, but uh, you will find this from time to time on these sites. Uh, you just kind of got to know what you're getting into. Part uh, of the problem, too, with them is they have to sit down and play like a Starfield and they get 48 hours advance copy and then they have to have a review written by the end of that time which right. is like no way to play a video game sometimes right is anyone going to be in a good mood writing that thing after staying awake for 48 hours yeah, straight right. 
Like, of course the game's going to suck. Exactly. You have a book report due at the end, too. So what do you guys think when you see something come, Swift, when you see a game and it pops up and it says, like, 7 out of 10 on IGN, is that, like, a starting point for you to be like, okay, this might be worth checking out, or do you care about that at all? Does it? Do you watch the review to see if there's good substance in there? What's your What's your thought? I would say, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's a good starting point. I, I don't really rely too heavily on the... Uh, On honestly, like the professional critics, whether it be the paid review site, whether it be somebody else who's a professional gamer who's streaming, like you guys were just talking about, um, I I will listen to that. I guess as far as whether I want to look into it, but typically, if I'm interested, you know, if we talk about a game or I hear about a game through word of mouth from uh, buddies here, I do my due diligence to like watch gameplay and see if I'm interested. And regardless of what the media says about it, if I, if I think I'm going to be interested in it, then I, I, you know, I don't really listen to necessarily the, the review from outside sources, I would say. Nice. Okay. So you and I've been bit by this before, but what if you start seeing 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, is that starting yeah, to kind of, is that starting to kind of lean you one way or the other? I guess, yeah. I mean, it's easy to get got, uh, especially for pre-order type stuff, right? Uh, IGN puts out a review months before the game is actually available. Ten out of ten, you see all the rave reviews, and people are talking it up. And then, um, yep, I've been uh, I've got got before because yeah. of that. Cool. Uh, yeah, these sites. I mean, they're good. I think they're good starting points. Is what I would kind of say is how I use them. Yep. You will see a lot of reviews where it's clear that the person writing it cares more about video games in the sense of like being an art form and caring more about like the deep development side of it and that kind of stuff versus is the game fun to play? Like sometimes you'll go through a whole review and be like, dude, did you, was the game fun to play? Like you didn't literally yeah. didn't even say. Right. That's good. I, I personally like it when the reviewer is like, I don't normally like first person shooters. And then they go on to do this long review and they give it like a six out of 10. And you're yeah. like, well, why are you talking about this game? But did you like or, it or what? Yeah. <laughs> like, if why you did you like get assigned this? Type, this? Yeah, what are we talking about right now? Nice. All right, Pickle Matt. Now we're getting into the uh, the aggregate population reviews from forums and review sites like uh, you know Steam in general. So you 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 see a game trailer, you're gonna go check it out. You go over to Steam and you see the words overwhelmingly positive. How much weight does that have for you? I would say it's got quite a bit of weight for me because, and more on the negative side, because if I don't see uh, very positive or overwhelmingly positive, it, there's a good chance I'm not buying the game. But that's a that's a good solid positive vote for that. I haven't I haven't seen a whole lot of people who bom- who try to bomb a game on Steam. Have, has that happened a lot? So it's recently happened with uh, Overwatch Two. 
Well, that deserves negative reviews. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, I'm, there's a reason I don't play that game anymore. <laughs> but there was a but huge movement for everyone reviews. to go, like, bomb with negative reviews. Yeah, uh, not necessarily because the game was unfun, but because of what they did to their life right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I think that it's kind of like Rotten Tomatoes, where you can look at the critic reviews, and then you, you would look at the audience reviews. Um, so that being like Steam uh, or like a Metacritic or something like that has, uh, but but in that same note, like we talked about in Harry Potter, I remember seeing some websites where all the fan reviews were either 10 stars or zero stars because they either said, this controversy is stupid, 10, 10 out of 10, or uh, they're all a bunch of whatever phobes and it's zero out of 10. Right. And there's nobody playing the game. I don't know. Yeah, there is so there, there is the danger of that polarizing thing happening. But I, I think game was awesome. overwhelming overwhelmingly positive. I think it's generally a good a pretty good vote in favor I think it's buying. also I I would weigh that more heavily than the paid review sites because that is from you know the mob, the mob for lack of a better words, right? Us gamers as a whole. Um, so yeah. people are genuinely enjoying the game who are true gamers, not just being paid to review games that they play for a week and then move on to the next one. And if you if you dig down into some of those reviews by the fans, you can like on Metacritic, you can find a few well-written people that are you're like, okay, this dude is this guy, this person knows what they're talking about and they are actually enjoying it or they enjoy it but have these gripes about it. And some of the best reviews I've seen have come from just average everyday human beings apparently yeah there are some good ones out there there it is 100 percent littered with trolls obviously so you gotta take it with a grain of salt you're gonna find plenty of 10 out of 10 because boobs but uh you know just just be ready for that uh and then of course watch out for the fanboy uh mobs who will you know review bomb a game because whatever they're not fans of whatever studio or whatever so uh but i agree with you guys i think uh when i see it say overwhelmingly positive one i feel like that's good because i know those people have bought the game played it and taken the time out of their day to at least click liked it or disliked it or whatever um especially when you consider that people are more likely to go complain rather than like say good things about things like people are more most of the time on reviews especially like amazon or whatever reviews are more negative because people the actual written ones because people are mad obviously and they want to go write about it and so when you see overwhelming sorry oh you're good go ahead i was just gonna say it's also much easier to complain yeah exactly oh yeah we are good at that does yeah. do video games have you guys seen a like a a bunch of fake Chinese reviews for video games or is that specific to like Amazon products? I haven't seen it for games. No, why would why would they want to? You know, <laughs> I haven't. I honestly I haven't. I haven't looked that deep, but I know it's a huge problem with Amazon. I assume that there's probably some people out there that might try that kind of stuff, besides just the normal trolling. Well, it's cool because you can see like Steam verified purchase for a review, right? Yeah, that's I, I true. think there's some rules in there on how that works, but 
Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I I agree with you. Those are kind of I put a lot of weight into the aggregate review sites. All right, then you have your favorite friends over who are trying to get those likes and subscribes over at YouTube and uh, streamers and they'll like who all flock to the same fad games all the time and then it's their job to show you how the game goes. So uh, how do you use this tool? Do you guys use streamers or YouTubers at all to kind of see what a game is like or whether or not you want to buy it? That's what I did because we talked about Baldur's Gate the past two weeks. That's what I did with Baldur's Gate 3. Um, just because I didn't, I didn't look up on YouTube gameplay or any anything like that. I just found a random streamer on Twitch, you know, with like twenty seven like or uh, people watching, and I just kind of followed the game for a little while. Um, that's how I figured out that I'm probably not going to spend my sixty dollars on it because I'm going to pl- probably play that game for about twelve minutes and then <laughs> find something else to play. Um, so there, I mean, I do use it in that capacity as far as seeing more so what the gameplay is like not necessarily listening to the the rave reviews coming off big streamers for the game that they're being paid to advertise yeah they i've kind of gotten very sick of them they're they're starting to remind me of like michael irvin and stephen a smith on sports like just screaming and yelling all the time about stuff uh yeah YouTubers especially can be pretty toxic when it comes to that kind of review. Um, there's a bunch of stuff going on with that when it comes to Starfield right now. YouTubers, toxic stuff going on with stuff they don't like about Starfield. So it just kind of, it makes me sad that it, that part of our society has leaked into my favorite like genre of hobby. Uh, because I, that's it used to be reserved for politics, and now it's everywhere. There is one YouTuber I trust with all my heart, and that's Video Game Donkey. Yes, Absolutely. he will tell you how it is. Like Armored Core, his review on that was perfect. He said it's a stupid, stupid game, and I love it, and it's awesome because <laughs> it's mindless and there's no balance to the game. You can have a world-breaking game or a setup but it's just fun. It's like, okay, I trust you, dude. I trust you. He doesn't do very many positive reviews. No. Um, Mostly, yeah, mostly funny. They're mostly, uh, you have to understand irony and sarcasm. Otherwise, these reviews are going to go right over your head. For sure. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's one of my favorites. If he gives a game a, a good review, I know it's a good game. Absolutely. I, it doesn't necessarily mean I will like it. He likes some type of types of games that uh, I don't necessarily like. But that kind of goes to show you with these guys, you have to know how you relate to their type of what they like in gaming and what you like in gaming. Yeah. And, I mean, they're making videos as their job, or at least the bigger ones. So take everything with a grain of salt because it could be for pay and it could be just for clicks. This is true. Any others out there that you can think of that you definitely stay away from or that you think have a, a decent uh, grasp on what's going on? I was trying to think of them. There was, I used to watch this guy named Bellular for uh, World of Warcraft stuff. 
but not necessarily like new release stuff. But he kind of got like anti-Blizzard real quick, and so then I didn't really know what if I could trust him or not anymore. For um for like PC peripherals and like gaming or um like hardware news and stuff, I love um game uh oh gosh gamers nexus oh yeah uh, they they do a lot of very scientific testing on certain things and they're not afraid to like uh, they're not sponsored they get sponsored in their videos but they call out the bullshit like right afterwards if it's that review on that that sponsorship or whatever um they they do a really good job and then they do a lot of consumer advocacy stuff so like when new egg was screwing people over they brought a ton of attention to it and got new egg like the CEO to sit down with them and stuff. Nice. Yeah, there are some good ones out there. Linus is pretty good for tech stuff, um, but video games in general. I there are some podcasts out there, not necessarily YouTubers or one streamers. Like one more game, uh, but some other ones out there who I listen to because one podcasting tends to be a lot less. Uh, call it less flair going on yeah uh, they're not looking for the likes and the the subs as as ravenously as youtube is uh, and so there's some good reviews out there in the podcast realm like yours truly here at one more game all right what is your go-to way to know if a game is good what do you guys do i'll tell you what i do ask my friends ask my friends yep hey have you played this I and this goes all the way back to our childhood, right, boys? Like, you wouldn't play a game. You wouldn't rent a game from Blockbuster until someone told you, oh, you got to try such and such. Yep. yep. I remember trying Star Fox 64 for the first time at a friend's house. And I said, holy Santa Claus shit, I have to get this game. <laughs> Ooh, a barrel roll. That's why you're a pilot. Ooh, a barrel roll. Yep, that's it. Uh, okay, so you do you have some friends that you go to for certain types of games? Like, yeah, I'm not going to ask. Go ahead. Oh, Improper Pearl Clutcher recommended Triangle Strategy to me, and he still owes me $60. <laughs> you son of a bitch. That game is 90% clicking the proceed button on on dialogue, and you're watching... A stupid cartoon dialogue. It's insane. That Japanese RPG. Too, I should have so told you that, out. dude. Dude, what a what a joke. Give me my sixty <laughs> bucks, bro. He said, "Man, the reviews agree." LOL. Uh. Hey, there's some certain kind of games out there, man. That if someone says they're good, I got to take it with a grain of salt on who said that. And That's for you sure. guys give me crap for not for for buying physical copies. If I would have bought that one physical, I could have traded that thing in for at least half the price. Half the price, my ass. I bring a game into GameStop and then go, we can offer you a dollar and ten cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Get cool. that pro membership up, dude. Get that bread up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, word of mouth is the only way to fly when it comes to your video game uh, reviews or uh, a trusted, trusted group of podcasters like us. Uh, but no, yeah, seriously. All right, so Swift, a new game's coming out. What's your process? 
do I want to buy this thing? Where you start? Where do you go? What's your what's um, your uh, your travels look like? I think initially it starts off with: Is it a sequel? If it if yes, then did I enjoy the first one? Hmm. Perfect example of that is Overwatch Two. Super stoked on that game because I loved the first one. We played a lot on the first of the first one, um, and then they disappointed us all. But um, after that, uh, like I said, um, like I did with Baldur's Gate, I'm gonna look up gameplay online. I'm gonna ask my buds if I if anybody else has played it. Um, maybe watch a Twitch stream of a smaller person who's not being paid to. Uh, necessarily promote the game and then uh i don't know look up kind of steam reviews any other type of aggregate review and then just think to myself are you really going i i do this a lot and i've tried to to get out of the habit but i I, in the past i've gotten in my mind where i say man that game looks awesome and i buy it and I waste $60 because I don't think to myself, are you, are you going to spend more than a week playing this game or, you know, go back to a previous game that you've played. Um, so that's what I kind of did with Baldur's Gate three, where I thought to myself, cool. It looks, it looks fun and entertaining. If you're into kind of the board game type Dungeons and Dragons, uh, gameplay. Um, but Again, I just thought to myself, yeah, I'm probably not gonna not gonna last very long on that, so to speak. So why spend the money? Yeah, that's a healthy way to look at it, dude. Uh, and I've been in that same boat before, where I, especially with the fad games, it's like, oh, this game looks awesome. Everyone says it's cool. Yeah. Purchase, play for a week, never play it again. Never Let's touch see. it again. Yep. I'm going to go into my Steam library and tell you the games that fall into that category. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot, probably. Yeah, actually, maybe I don't want to do it. It's kind of probably embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, okay. What about you, uh, Pickle Matt? Uh, Yeah, word of mouth first, and then um, same thing. It's like I don't don't take everything for... uh, you know, if somebody says it's a great game, you gotta you gotta try to figure out if, if you are into the same stuff. But I'll usually go to like we talked about the aggregate sites first and see what all of the you can see what all the big big name companies are reviewing it, and then um, I look at the look at the fans reviews there, and then you gotta watch a couple trailers or something. One of the things that frustrates me the most though is like you can find a hundred trailers on a game and half of them are cinematic trailers and they show you nothing about the game besides story. Very which true. Is really frustrating to me. Um, yeah. I, I never believe a cinematic trailer. That's why I always yeah. go for gameplay. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that's frustrating is uh, demos used to be the biggest thing. You'd get like demo discs and we talked about this before like demo discs or even in the Xbox 360 era, a lot of demos you could download. And it seems like that's not really a thing anymore. Yeah, and that is sad. You got to try to trust those streamers that might be trying to lead you astray. One of my favorite things about Discord is that if you have a big community of gamers that you're hanging out with and you can see a bunch of people playing a certain game uh, and they're playing it a lot, that's kind of a, one of my first 
Inklings, especially obviously if it's a game that I haven't tried yet. Um, I'm like, oh, what's that? I'll go check that out. And right now it's that uh, Remnant 2 that Easy and uh, his brother are playing. That's been kind of getting my curiosity peaked watching people play that. Uh, but I'll do the same thing, dude. I'll do word of mouth first. I'll go check out some reviews. My first question I ask myself is who made it? Because I can kind of generally uh, figure out I, if I like a studio or not. Um, those kind of fit into certain categories. but uh, And then, yeah, I'll just go uh, check out some low-level streamers, how they're doing with it. And then I'll check it out myself. That's it. That's it. If Easy and Tyler are playing a game, it oftentimes scares me more than anything. Yeah, I mean that's that's data, right? That's a data point. That's that is data. They've been known to play games that they get done with them, and they're like, "Why did we just spend the last three months playing this game at nauseum?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. But at, at the same time, they had fun with it while they were doing it. So, yeah, as long as you're having fun with your brother or your friends yep. or your sister, or whatever, who knows. All right. Well, just have a way that you're uh, not going to just throw your money into the wind. That's all we're saying, guys, because the system is now built not in your favor. It's it's all a big system to get your money. It includes YouTubers, streamers, paid review sites, and uh, you're you're guarding your your wallet castle. So just uh, just mind it and don't buy a bunch of dumb stuff like. Oh, strategy. the shadow, what, the Mordor games, the, uh, oh, yeah. Middle Earth, yeah. I jumped on that bandwagon, uh, yeah. the Tomb Raider games, I did, I bought them, hardly played them, uh, Lost Ark, we're all a victim of, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, or if you're rich, do whatever you want. Or it's your money, your problems. Right. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, just because it's not in your favor out there. And you're just a little fish in a big ocean. Good night, NotF16. Thanks for joining us. All right, guys, before we go, let's get into what we played this week. <coughs> Some really weird sound effects. There we go. All right. Swift. Tell us about the game that has you hooked like crack. Yeah, dude. The only game I played this week is Apex Legends. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I played uh, t- uh, the stroke and I started um, fairly early in the morning for me on Sunday. I think I logged on at like 10. I think I finally stopped and took some breaks to like eat and stuff, but. Uh, I think I played like nine <laughs> hours on Sunday. When you're when you're talking about taking breaks to do basic bodily functions, you know you've had a good gaming day. Yeah, it was a good gaming day. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah, I think I I think I had uh, 22 hours total played prior to Sunday, and I think I'm at like 45 hours now. Double in three it. days, so. Um, it's essentially all I have played, um, and it, the bug has bit me bad because it is I'm addicted. Oh, you want to so play? Fun. Do that. I suck so bad, but it's so fun. That's how you know a game is good when 
you know you're bad at it and you still like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm slowly but surely getting better. You got a but dub? That dub felt got good. Got a dub yesterday. Yeah. Ooh. We, are we getting on after this? Is that a thing that's happening? I will not be. I got to eat some dinner. We it's were, uh, it was, it was Swift and I, Matt, uh, last two, Craig had died and there's one more team left and we don't know how many people are left, but literally like uh-huh. this, it's last circle and we can't see anyone or hear anyone. And we're like, where is this dude? And ratting he's just, about. he's just ratting about literally ratting right behind about. us in Swift season. He's like, turn around. He's right behind you. He was coming shot him right with, shot nice. him with the Kraber, 140 damage. Oh, and then I yes, I stole the kill with one little shot to the head. Yes, sir. As you should. The Kraber takes about another 15 seconds to shoot again. Dude, I love that gun. So awesome. It's, fun. it's, it's like fun a play. truck. It's good times and uh, so, yeah, fun that's, game. That's been my week. All right. What about you, Pickle Mac? <laughs> Uh, Apex Legends only, basically. <laughs> yeah, I've got. It's sad. I've got a Steam Deck that's just gathering dust, man. And uh, PSVR two was was fun for a while, but I it's just a burden to put the headset on, and I just keep going back to my uh, my old Apex history. That's what my PS five and Switch are doing currently, gathering dust. Yeah. Yes, the Switch too. But I'll tell you what, the game modes that they added to Apex with the uh, Gun Run and Team Deathmatch are actually really really good really balanced so most of the time uh, nice i haven't tried gun run yet what is that it's just uh same as every gun game in like call of duty where every kill you get you upgrade a gun oh okay uh, or sorry you get a new gun and then you have to get to 25 okay nice all right well i similarly played a lot of apex legends over the last week Sweet. and uh and uh I'm hearing a really hearing weird a really echo. Weird echo. Same. We don't hear you. Um. Anyways, and uh, yep, got some wins in there. I'm probably the most. Well, I, I bet Pickle Matt has more games played than I do over time, but uh, I bet <laughs> you I got a lot of wins this week. Feels good, man. Uh, and then the only other game I played was Baldur's Gate 3, which, say what you want about it, but I love that game. And uh, let's see, I got dominated by an orc lady. Not not in a bad way. Uh, so that's my second romantic encounter. And uh, killed all the trolls, goblins, whatever you want to call Check. them. Yep, we got you. Okay. And I think I'm moving into the uh, this place called the Underdark, and I'll tell you how it goes, but it's kind of scary down there. Good game. Very slow. And it's one of those games that I will say, watching someone else play it does not do it justice. Uh, it's all about the story and getting into it. It's like reading a, a fantasy novel, but an interactive version of it. Uh, but good game. And that's it. And that's it for us. Anything else, guys, before we uh before we lead these guys to go on their merry ways? Negative. Negative. All right. 
It's been a pleasure, boys. Thanks for uh, joining us as we uh, chat about video games. If you want to check us out live, we typically do this every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash omgpodcast. Love to have you in the chat while we talk about video games. We'll get you a shout out. And uh, yeah. Like I said, you can reach us at omg underscore podcast gg on Twitter. I mean, X and Instagram. And uh, we'd love to hear from you and get yourself entered into that contest. Don't miss out on this awesome uh, PC that we're giving away. You can find our other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or omgpodcast.podbean.com or anywhere else you find podcasts because we're there. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And before we go, I'll leave you with one final thought. Just because you have to grow up doesn't mean you have to stop gaming. Game on, gamers, and we'll see you on the next episode of One More Game. Swift, Pickle Matt, see ya. See ya. See ya. You've been listening to the One More Game podcast. Designed for adults who play video games. Adults who play video games who constantly get nagged about it. Nag, nag, nag. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Find the One More Game podcast where you get your podcasts. Hit us up on Instagram at OMGPodcastGG and on Twitter at OMG underscore PodcastGG. Until next time, they'll keep nagging and we'll keep playing. See you next time on the One More Game Podcast.